Hey, all you beauties, and welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. I am Jen, the host and creator of this show. If you are a mama, an entrepreneur, or someone who wants to be the best they can be, all while holding that mama fort down and not forgetting yourself in the process, then this podcast is for you. You can find out more or connect with us over at coffeeandconcealerpodcast.com or on Instagram. So go pour a hot cup of coffee and let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. I am joined today with Jana from I Love Booby Food. Um, she is the owner of this company, which is a local company here in Calgary that actually takes breast milk and freeze dries it into a shelf-stable product. So that is something I think, think that I've never heard of. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Jana. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? Oh, it is I'm going outside oh and my so gross. The snowpocalypse. I feel like it will never end. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, okay, so why don't we kind of start by you telling everybody who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, so my name is Jana. I am the owner of Booby Food, and I basically offer a service to moms where I pick up their frozen breast milk and I freeze dry it for them into shelf stable travel friendly powder that lasts for years and years and years. So I, if you can say maybe I'm on a mission for mamas to never have to waste another single drop of breast milk ever again. That is your company mission. Hey, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. I I love it. So why don't you tell me kind of how you got into the business and what led you here? Uh, Well, I got into it basically because I had a lot of supply issues. My breastfeeding journey sucked, to, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. It was awful. And so, I guess I'll start from the beginning. So my son, we had my son at home and... He was in crazy three-day labor, which I don't recommend you Mm -hmm. doing at all. Um, But it was beautiful, and everything turned out really great, except for the fact that he was born SGA, which basically means small for gestational age. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty scary. Um, My bump throughout my whole pregnancy was never really that big. And I got a lot of kind of, you know, comments from people saying, well, you know, you're only this far along and stuff like that. And so that was a little bit disheartening, but when he actually came out and he was, he was, he hit that medical SGA, it was pretty scary. And so the midwives called NICU and they said, and we were advised to take him into the NICU, but he was too small for a car seat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we couldn't actually transport him to the NICU because he was too small. And he was born at the end of November, so um, the weather wasn't that great out. But with the advice of NICU and our amazing, amazing mid- midwives, um, we just basically had to monitor his, his growth really, really um, sensitively. And so they said, you need to get him on formula right away. Um, the no ifs, ands, or buts. We need to get this kid's um, eating. And since I had issues even getting the first colostrum out, that was almost kind of like a sign of things to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up going to the store and picking up formula. And I tried to breastfeed as, as often and as much as I could. But that was pretty hard for me. Um, my background's in holistic nutrition, and I've been in the health and fitness and nutrition industry for. 10 years. So 
definitely was not part of the quote unquote birth plan. No <laughs> kidding. No. But I mean, when are birth plans actually like, when do they actually go through? Right? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never, ever, ever. Goodness. So how big was your son? So he was um, five pounds, 13 ounces. Okay. So not, um, it, not incredibly small, but he was very, very tiny. No kidding. And so got him started on formula and, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, I'm sorry, this is fed is best and doesn't really yeah. matter what your intentions are for breastfeeding. If your babe has an issue, fed is best. Um, so, but I was on a mission to try and get him off of it as much as possible because I really did want to strictly breastfeed. So mm-hmm. we ended up getting him off of the formula after about two, two and a half weeks. He kind of started rejecting it and he did prefer the breast. But so when we got the go ahead that we could take him off, that his weight had stabilized then the hard work came in and then really the breastfeeding journey came in and I was starting at a deficit because my supply demand, it's all about supply demand. And mm-hmm. so, and relearning because he went from bottles to nipple. And I know that there's kind of 50, 50, well, there's nipple confusion. There's no nipple confusion. And he did take to the breast after, but he was definitely, he could be used to biting a little bit harder or, on the bottle and you know obviously having no effect um but oh sorry there's a guy out my window who's doing no no worries at all i've got a screaming baby in the background so (laughs) mom life hey oh goodness (laughs) um so basically that's when everything started i had a medical grade um uh, pump, mm-hmm. which I thought that I would become prepared at. I had all my nipple ointments. I had the the tinctures. I had the teas. I had everything. I was totally set up. But what I wasn't set up for was that how bad it would be and mm-hmm. how painful and how, oh, like, like, I tried pumping so much and I would come out with maybe 10 mils at a time, maybe mm-hmm. 20 mils at a time. And then what it ended up doing was like, well, why don't I just YouTube this? Maybe I can find something. And that basically started the downward spiral of like my shame and mm-hmm. um, I'm not good enough. I'm a bad mom. What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Um, because the first thing I picked up one was uh, this woman had made a video of how she pumps like 1200 mils a day and she's like showing off her supply and I'm like what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and you always hear about women having like you know it's it's supposed to be natural it's supposed to be normal breastfeeding right people have done it for forever so what's the big deal it was the last thing that was on my mind that I would have had to figure out there was an issue about and I think if there was any like prenatal classes I should have taken, it would probably not be like birth prep. It wouldn't be what to do for (laughs) care after the baby. It would have been breastfeeding support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, um, we, I had, I, at the most times that I ever had was maybe six bags of breast milk in my freezer. Mm -hmm. I would open up the freezer and, you know, be so proud. Like, oh, I made those. I made those. Like, this is, this is mine. Um, and then close it and then be like, 
don't touch it. Nobody touches my breast milk. Like, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't leave the house for more than two hours at a time. And then I would give like whoever was watching Sage, if I really needed to leave it, whatever you do, please don't use that. If you don't have to, I will be back in 15 minutes. I'm, I'm within the vicinity. Don't use it because it was for sure. Like blood, sweat, and it was cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, so when I started making his baby food, I so desperately wanted to make sure that he had all of the nutrients in there. And, um, he was, he's still only registered about 3% on the growth charts, mm-hmm. which growth charts can drive me up the wall and around the corner sometimes, oh especially when moms compare them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like the worst thing, the worst thing with you're on the outlier in your growth charts is, is having to almost like defend yourself and like having mm-hmm. to talk about, oh, well my, you know, he's not in, in this, he's in the third percentile and he has been since he was born. So it's tough. It's really, really tough. Um, I mean, naturally every mom is going to be proud of their child for sure. Um, but when you're talking to somebody else who has an issue, whether you know it or not, it can be very, very difficult and very, and very tough. And I've resonated a lot of women with babies on the outliers who are either on the way bigger spectrum or on the little spectrum. Um, it's common ground and it's always nice to have to feel like you've got support but basically when I was making his baby food I so badly wanted to put my breast milk into the purees that I was making but I was like I can't thaw a whole bag just to use half there is absolutely no way I can't I just can't do that what happens if something happens and I can't be around and he has no breast milk so that's when I started researching about freeze-drying breast milk. And um, it was incredible. I just kept going down this like rabbit hole upon rabbit hole of research and research and more research. And um, then I called Health Canada and I said, this is what I want to do and, and tell me what the procedures are. And so they said, call AL- Alberta Health Services. You're based in Alberta. And then we'll go from there. So I invested a lot of time and energy into Alberta Health Services like programs and um and uh certifications and yeah but give a, I, give a guest I'm just gonna forewarn you <laughs> yeah hello that's so cool um so so yeah, I I invested the equipment. I basically said I'm I can't really toe dip in this. It's not like oh I want to take up knitting for the weekend and I want to do this you know project. It's like no, if you're in, like you're full in. And um, gosh, there's so many people that I talk to with like manufacturing and equipment and and research. And I ended up phoning the head of pediatrics in Bordeaux, France, and had this weird broken English conversation, but I wanted to know everything I could about it and make sure I did it right. And so um, I had these incredible women um, give me their breast milk to do some trial and error and process. And then I got it. And I've been working with Alberta Health Services since July of 2019. And um, Health Canada approved the whole process. So it's been a real whirlwind journey. But um, I now can say you can use as much or as little breast milk as you want. You can add it to food, you can add it to beverages, you can make it into a paste and put it on your kid for eczema. Like there's so many benefits of breast milk and I never have to worry about another woman going through what I did and worrying like, I don't want to waste any breast milk. 
ever. Absolutely. No. So your little guy would have been seven-ish months when you started this then? Um, well, I, I, I'm a super busy body. So when Sage was three months, I, because I was kind of obsessed with learning as much as I could about all of this, when he was three months, I ended up going back to school to do, um, postpartum maternal or so maternal support practitioner, which is like a doula and breastfeeding educator. Yeah. So it was kind of full on in that. And then that's when, um, everything came about to be after that. So, um, I guess it started the, the works gears started running in about three months, but he was, yeah, about seven, eight months when we went full on on into this. That is amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy the pressure that there is to just, and I feel like it starts in the hospital the second you have your baby. Like those nurses, not all obviously, but a lot of the nurses are just so gung-ho about breastfeeding that you just, you leave, whether you can breastfeed or not, you leave with this like immense amount of guilt. Like I remember after my first son, like, and we had a 64 hour labor. So it was just like you. And uh, it was awful. And the first thing that they did was say like, you know, and literally, I think we had gotten back to recovery for like maybe an hour. We had finally fallen asleep and they came and flicked the lights on and they're like, okay, it's time for you to get your colostrum. And I was like, I literally like just went through hell. Like, can you just let us rest? We'll get to it. I obviously won't let him starve, but I feel like that guilt comes from society. And then we just like, we bring it on ourselves wholeheartedly. So, um, for us, like we ended up Um, my son ended up being a forcep delivery and they pinched a nerve in his face. And so he ended up with facial palsy. And so we tried so hard to breastfeed with him and uh, it would just leak out the side of his face. So it was just like, so (laughs) quiet. You, Um, it was just so hard for me to even like, I felt so much guilt, but it was literally out of my control. So I was like, I just don't even know. And so with our second son, I had an elective C-section and, um, I literally made sure that I wasn't going to, like, I I told them on my form, I said, I'm not going to breastfeed. I'm going to formula feed from day one because a, the guilt was too much. B, I was scared that something was going to go wrong and it wouldn't work. And C, I didn't have much supply. Sounds like it's very much like you, like I could have pumped for four hours and had 10 mils just like you. And it was just so stressful and upsetting. And again, same thing. Like you beat yourself up. You're like, what is wrong with me? Women can, you know, pump a whole six bottles in an hour. And I'm like struggling. <laughs> and it's defeating. I and mean, you're just, it's this, it's this constant shame cycle. And nobody talks about this. I've never, never heard anybody really talk about their breastfeeding journey like this before. Like, okay, yeah. well, they low supply, they go and they get medication and then, you know, then they're pumping or maybe their nipples hurt or, or if they just chose to go and, and you do half and half formula or all formula or formula yeah. from the beginning, but nobody talks about this at all. And it's, no. and I found it so like, am I alienating? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So what would you say, like, how do you obviously help mothers with the struggles of feeding? Well, I, I 
just want to make sure that babies have the best start in life possible, 100%. And the World Health Organization um, and United Nations declared 2016 to 2025 the decade of action on nutrition. And because malnutrition affects children from zero to five most effectively, and this is not like their rural countries, this is happening in Canada where there's stunting and there's wasting. So Sage would be considered more, my son's name is Sage, but I didn't mention that. Yeah. Um, he would be considered more of like the wasting where, because nutrition is so, so important that any, any slip and it can really affect his health. Mm-hmm. So, and that goes to the same for the other spectrum. You know, we've got these, um, you know, we have larger babies and maybe, um, when you're starting the babes on foods, sometimes they don't start them on the best foods. You know, you can't always feed them rice cereal all the time because that really will increase their sugar yep. and their blood sugar. And then um, there's issues with that. So you want really to be very balanced. But if I can, if I can save some breast milk and to be used later. There's so many benefits to that. Like it is so jam packed full of nutrients and anti antibodies and anti-inflammatory, antiviral, antibacterial properties and fats. And the the thing I love about freeze drying breast milk is that they stay intact. Like there's the incredible thing is that it's been studied since the 1950s. (laughs) Like there's, milk banks that have been freeze-drying breast milk in Berlin since 1986 in the, in the children's hospital in Bordeaux, France for, for decades. Like this is not a new thing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so important to make sure that we are giving our kids the most nutrition possible and breast milk is whole food and it's the original superfood is what I like to say. Absolutely. if we can make sure that they're on a good start for the rest of their life, then that is, that's pretty much the best gift that we can give them. No, for sure. Um, okay. So does booby food have a competitor at all? No. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. I, I say we, because, you know, it's kind of like a little family affair. I get summered yeah. up with stuff, but um, no, booby food is the first of its kind actually in North America. Um, and it's done over in Europe, but not as a service. So it's done mostly at milk banks for children's hospital, um, where largely the time cell for like very low birth weight infants, they will add in freeze-dried breast milk to a bottle of milk just to fortify it, to add the extra nutrients in there to help get their weights up. But no, we don't have any competitors. This is, this is basically... Uh, a trailblazing start, which has been a very interesting journey so far, as to try and make this happen. There's been a lot of, lot of, uh, a lot of pivots and a lot of learning experiences, but I wouldn't change it for a bit. No, absolutely. So, what are some of the scariest things that you've heard as a mom of a baby who was born small, and why did they scare you? Oh man, um, so. Uh, I've heard so many, so many things about babies being born small in either at home or NICU, but just mom's never even given a chance to breastfeed at all. And that 
you know, it's automatically formula. You can't do it. You know, like there's no chance, like you don't have milk coming in and they don't give their, the mothers even a chance. Like there's the, one of the scariest things that I've heard, it was probably just the lack of support and there's something wrong with you. What did you do wrong? Like, Oh, and then they go and mom second guess their pregnancy. What did I do wrong? Was that one coffee that I had, you know, this time and everything becomes completely zoned in. Like I can remember this and I did something wrong where it's com- it's totally this nature versus nurture thing and it could it's maybe it's completely out of your control and that is just that's just your baby you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i think a lot of women they just there's a lot of shame that can be centered around motherhood for so many different reasons and once you have an issue where it's like maybe a growth problem um that is automatically taken in on the mom and it's very, very difficult to be able to get yourself out of that shame cycle and I did something wrong and what did I do? Because then it's a whole vicious fear cycle. Mm-hmm. So I think it scared me the most because I heard so many people just just shaming everyone. Like you've done something wrong. Like this is your fault. Where my son is, he's 16 months old now and he eats like a champ. Like there, I shove so much nutrition down that boy's throat. Like it's unbelievable for his fresh pressed juices and like mm-hmm. organic foods. And yes, you know, like we go to A&W and he's got these like little hash browns and we went to Costco yesterday at a hot dog, you know, I'm not completely strict on that, but he's still in the third percentile mm-hmm. and we still get, we still up to the other day we were in uh Lowe's and oh what a small baby oh what a small baby and it it's really scary that if I wasn't as stubborn and I wasn't as like confident now as just trusting the process that it could have spiraled out of out of control and I think that we need to be a little bit more mindful in how we talk to mothers about their children if they're Mm -hmm. small or big or you know during pregnancy like weight gain like oh, that's a big bump or a small bump. Like you don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. So I think really being mindful of that kind of helped me to be like, I don't know what your situation is, but you don't know my situation either. And you just thank you and, and walk on. But I try not to find your business. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically. No, I, I understand completely. And like, truth be told, like I've, especially as a photographer, like I've seen so many kids come into my studio where I've seen them during sessions and some of them are small because they were born smaller. They were born 12 weeks early. Like, but once they'll all hit an age, whether that's seven, eight, nine, 13, and all of a sudden they are exactly where they need to be with the kids. They'll just be small for a couple years. And that doesn't mean they're not eating. Doesn't mean that they're malnourished, like none of that, but you're right. Like society has so much pressure on it and it's actually so sad. It is. And like, what's normal anyways, you know, (laughs) like what is normal? Like we need to appreciate the outliers a lot more because they can teach us a lot more about, you know, Oh, okay. There's uh, this, people are so beautiful in whatever shape, age, size, you know, color that they are. And we just need to appreciate that a little bit more rather than be like, Oh, you don't fit into this mold. No, absolutely. Um, okay. So since you've been open for how many months has it been now? Um, so we've been, we, well, we, our initial trials were all with the breastfeeding was in July and okay. then, yeah, so it's been, it's gosh, I don't know what coming up, coming up on almost a year now that yeah. we 
that we started everything. So it's been a really, really cool process. No kidding. So how would your clients find you then normally? So you can find us online at boobyfood.com. We're also, all of our social media handles are I Love Booby Food on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's the best way to find us and find out more because we've got all of the research um, material on the website if you'd like to learn more. I love, love, love answering questions from mamas about, you know, like, how does this work? How does this work? What about this? What about that? Uh, I do a lot of mom markets where I get to have the opportunity and the privilege to meet moms and just hear their breastfeeding journey and feeding journey and kids stories and, and answering their questions. And feel free to reach out to me by email or direct message anytime. And I'm here for you. I really like extending phone calls um, whenever people inquire. Um, yeah. Just because then it's a little bit personal touch and I get to hear more about their journey. Email can be a little bit, a little bit black and white sometimes. So <laughs> no, no, no. Um, okay. So what would be kind of the requirements for people to come to you and get help from you? Um, have some breast milk. That's basically the only requirement. Okay. Um, <laughs> so if you've got a low supply or an oversupply, if you're traveling, if you're going back to work, um, if you're weaning your babe, if you want to, like there's so many different applications that you can use. Just don't throw out your breast milk. Don't throw out your breast milk. No, Even no. if it's past the 12 month mark, there is still so many nutrients in there. It's yeah. just not, um, it, it's lost a bunch of nutrients so that you can't actually make a bottle out of it. They don't recommend that, but there's so many, so many benefits left in that, in that breast milk. Okay. Gotcha. And so how long does it typically last? I know you said years and years and years, but. Yeah. So we, with freeze drying, we just take out the moisture. So then it's just a dry powder left over and it can last up to 10 years oh and if it's still sealed. Yeah. So we just portion it out into little single serving packages and um, I put a moisture absorber in the package as well. So if you are headed down to a little bit more humid climate, like we're pretty dry up here in Calgary, so you don't have to worry about that. But if you head to a humid climate, then it'll keep for a little bit longer. And when the packages are open, they can last up to two weeks. And so you can use, you know, put, sprinkle a little bit on your kid's popcorn for when they're watching a movie, give them a little extra antibodies, a little immune support, you know, zip it up, throw it back in your purse and then use it later. So we really wanted to make it very convenient. No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, a lot of things, especially in the breastfeeding world, if it's formula, if it's whatever, like once it's open, it's used within 24 hours, otherwise throw it out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And there is no, there is no, there was never no medium. There was either breast milk or formula. There is no medium whatsoever. And like breastfeeding moms always had, you know, if they wanted to travel, they always had to make sure they had all of this extra stuff with them, like coolers and refrigerators and temperature control stuff. Mm -hmm. And with formula, it was like, it's always convenient. It's like, oh, I can just get this. So now I tried to mesh the two worlds together. Absolutely. No, I think that you're a genius. The fact that this exists is amazing. Um, especially as a newborn photographer, like I will get people coming into the studio and they're like nine times out of 10, I'll see them between like seven and 10 days. And so they're kind of in the, like at the beginning of their journey, their milk has probably just come in a couple of days before. And like the struggles that I hear about are all, all over the place. Like it depends. And everybody's story is so, so, so different. And so I think that, you know, and even like they'll come in and they are almost like telling me about how they feel guilty that it's not working. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, my heart breaks for you. And I wish that there was a product or a service that could help, right? And sometimes it isn't about the supply. It's about the latch. And sometimes no matter what, you just can't get the latch right. And so oh, an amazing oh, no. middle, right? <laughs> the worst ever when the latch is wrong you're just like like I don't think I showered facing like the water for like six months <laughs> like, nothing touched my nipples <laughs> yes, I know it's crazy um okay so before we kind of close out then um what would you say are some common misconceptions about low milk supply Mm, well, well, I'm not a certified breastfeeding educator or lactation consultant by any means. This mm-hmm. is probably what I can say is just from my own experience and from talking with other moms is that it's got to be the mom's fault. What it, we're, you know, what are you eating? Like diet does play a factor for sure. It, it can absolutely. But I think that it's also like, well, maybe you're just feeding your baby too much, or maybe your boobs are too small, or maybe they're just too big. You know, there's so many misconceptions about low milk supply. Maybe it's all in your head. That was another thing. Like, like your baby your, your baby responds to your body and your body responds to your baby. And I think just really trusting the process. And if you're not meant to pump extra breast milk, you're just giving your baby what they need, then you're giving your baby what they need and to just kind of, you know, be okay with that. If they're staying on their growth chart, whatever their growth chart is, then that's what you need to gauge. And that's what you really need to focus on. Not anybody else. No. And don't YouTube, don't YouTube like oversupply. That is that wrong. Like be prepared, be prepared for that. (laughs) I don't recommend that. Um, But reaching out and really talking about it and trying to find support, I think is, is the best thing to do because I really wish that I could have talked to somebody about this a little bit more. Totally. Yeah. Without, without the shame, like the conversation, not like, not the compare conversation, like, oh, well, this is what happened for me. Just, just having an open conversation where people are like, oh yeah, well maybe try this and like, see how that works. Yeah. And I think we, I think as moms, we just all need to be a little bit more supportive of each other. Oh gosh. (laughs) One thing I did find out with my second son, because I had decided that I wasn't going to breastfeed, um, was that, there are obviously some medical conditions that can affect your breastfeeding. And the doctor that we had actually told me that if you have a hypoactive thyroid, which I have, which means your thyroid doesn't produce the synthroid that you need, um, it actually does lead to low milk supply. And I was like, had someone told me that the first go around, I might've been more inclined to like take something for it, but no one suggested that that was even a thing for me. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's so many underlying medical conditions that can lead to low supply or oversupply too. But, you know, just not being able to have like somebody like a doctor really listen to you. Cause I found that when I was talking with moms who went to like the, some of lactation consulting or experts and whatnot, that they felt almost like cattle, you know, and they never felt supported or talked to. Whereas like, you just, you just need somebody to come down and, and just talk with you. Like totally. listen to you really. No, 100%. Um, Is there anything else that you think you want anybody to know about booby food? Um, I think that I would just, just reach out and share your story with me. I, I love learning about everyone's breastfeeding journey. It's such an interesting, it, it's an interesting time in our life and it's very cool 
And I just want you to know that you're not alone and fed is best. And if you want a formula feed, formula feed. If you want to breastfeed, breastfeed. Um, but doing whatever is right for your family is the most mm-hmm. important thing. And know that you're not alone in the struggles that you're, that you're having. Absolutely. 100%. That is as much as it's over said, that is absolutely best. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for this chat. I know that there is literally so much burden that we carry if we can't breastfeed or just some others don't want to. And so I think that you've literally taken a need that existed for who knows how long <laughs> and you created a product for it. So like, congrats to you. It is literally the most genius plan. Um, I know I was talking to my husband about it last night and even my husband was like, that sounds really cool. So I know a lot of my listeners will be honestly so amazed that this even exists and that I have brought it to their attention. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and again, what is your Instagram handle one more time? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, and I think if I think of anything, necessity is the mother of all invention right now. So I couldn't have done it without, without, you know, other moms being, being so willing to help out, but, uh, you can find me on Instagram at I love booby food and Facebook at I love booby food and on my website at boobyfood.com. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. And I wish you a very healthy and safe quarantine. Yes, you as well. Awesome. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, mamas, before you go, if you love this show and found it benefited you in an amazing way, take a screenshot of this podcast and post it in your Instagram stories. Tag us in it and we'll share it. If you haven't gone to iTunes yet, taken 30 seconds to leave us a review and told us how much you love us, go do that. It pushes us and lights us up like you can't even imagine. You guys are why we decided to do this show. So thanks for listening and we can't wait to chat with you next time.